Framing Young Minds is here. If you are missing an easy to read and yet deep resource to refocus your parenting on what really matters, then go to Amazon.com. Purchase at least two copies of our book, Framing Young Minds, right now and leave us a review. Framing Young Minds condenses a lot of what we have mentored over the past 20 years concerning parenting strong children. The author or founder, Tanya Price, focuses on eight foundational frames for Christly parenting which parents who want children to live fulfilled lives must practice. So join us right now by going to Amazon.com, purchasing at least two copies of Framing Young Minds and leaving a review. Your children at any age will thank you. Love sacrifices preference. Lincoln here and welcome to another Divine Downloads. This is your Biblical News for the Confused where we assist biblically illiterate males to explore challenging spiritual issues to make your family strong. And we're grateful for your attention today on this Divine Downloads. And we had the tagline, Love Sacrifices Preference. And we are looking at the broader issue of will versus preference, will versus preference or bias. So why listen today to this Divine Downloads? Because like a country and western singer Barbarian Barbara Mandel in her song When It Feels So Right attests, we will make important choices from our bias more so than what's right. I believe in that song, country and western singer speaks to how can something that feels so right be so wrong. So often we have seen that humans make important decisions from what we would like versus what is right. So often the Bible speaks to righteousness, what is right. And we know right and wrong is determined based on the Bible by what is acceptable to Yahweh, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And that is the the important element of of taking us away from our bias towards the will of God. The will of God really speaks to what's acceptable in his sight, what he has determined will happen, what he has determined is pleasing to him and the fate for all. The will of God is not something that is available. This is a constant. What comes into play is how we position ourselves versus the will of God. But the will of God is definitely cast in stone, if you want to call it that. Um, So we are making the point that humans are people that are designed to sacrifice our preference for what is pleasing to God. And we have been struggling with this ever since Genesis chapter 3 in the Bible that we will look at what is pleasing to us and put that beyond what is pleasing to God when we are making important choices. So we understand here that we we are listening because we want to teach our families to do what is right versus do what we like. We want to do what is right versus doing what we like. Humans were designed to show 
our love for Yahweh. And Yahweh here, according to Genesis 1, is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And we are to show our love for Yahweh by subjecting our biases to his pleasure, his pleasure, his will. Our desire is a preference or a bias, which often changes across time and circumstances. Example, despite how delicious our favorite food may seem, we don't always want to eat it. And regardless of how much witches love brooms, they won't transport them to the supermarket. So, God's will is his determination, his constant desire, his pleasure. God's will is eternally logical. That's logical beyond time. It's, uh, God's will is also logical across all situations. So, we can and we are invited to trust God's will beyond our own. Our will is variable. God's will is constant. So, if you're going to trust versus something that's stable versus something that is unstable, to build your life and to make choices, which is how we build our life through making choices, you're, if you're going based on how we feel, we might not be doing what is real. So, in a legendary prayer, Jesus taught his preference. Jesus stated in this legendary prayer, that his preference, he stated in his legendary prayer here, and this again, we're anchoring all of this in Matthew 26, 39, and this is where Jesus says he's facing the cross, and he's, in, he's praying in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, according to Matthew 26, and he wants to have this, he doesn't want to face the cross. There's a part of him that wants to avoid the cross, the sin, the separation quote-unquote um, from his God but then he subjects himself to Yahweh's will Jesus could see an immediate benefit to avoiding the cross however what eternal implications would have resulted Framing Young Minds is here. If you are missing an easy-to-read and yet deep resource to refocus your parenting on what really matters, then go to Amazon.com. Purchase at least two copies of our book, Framing Young Minds, right now and leave us a review. Framing Young Minds condenses a lot of what we have mentored over the past 20 years concerning parenting strong children. The author or founder, Tanya Price, focuses on eight foundational frames for Christly parenting which parents who want children to live fulfilled lives must practice. So join us right now by going to Amazon.com, purchasing at least two copies of Framing Young Minds and leaving a review. Your children at any age will thank you. Welcome back to this episode of Divine Downloads on the topic Love, Sacrifices, Preference. And we're grateful for your attention as we continue in this Divine Downloads. We have been in the previous section making the point that we as humans are in a kind of dilemma 
ever since the fall of man in Genesis 3 according to the Bible that well not ever since even in the fall of man was a preference it was a choice made based on preference based on bias based on emotion versus making a choice based on what pleases God or preferences or biases come from a, a whole range of sources but clearly our preference is motivated by us it is motivated by our experiences by our our teaching and learning and that is very much driven by us but the will of God is driven by God and we want to we make the point that we are destroyed when we make emotional or biased choices and we are blessed when we make choices based on the will of God, what is right in God's eyes, what is acceptable to God. And when we love God, we say, and when we love those around us, we are prepared to put away our preferences. Uh, This is not so much compromise as much as it is sacrifice. We are prepared to sacrifice our bias for those that we love, including God. And I believe another verse says, Greater love as no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. If you're prepared to lay down your life, that includes laying down your preferences, laying down what you think is is beneficial to you versus what's beneficial for the greater good of the community. So many people call this the martyr's mindset. I mean, that is your own prerogative. Um, But at the end of the day, we ended the previous segment with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he is is faced with the immediate benefit of trying to avoid the cross, trying to avoid taking on the gruesomeness and griminess of sin, going through this extreme disapproval of God on the cross to pay for human or humanity's sin. And he says, you know what, I, I, this, a part of him is like, he's saying, and uh, this is a version of it from the Good News, John, um, said Matthew 26, and verse 39, he says, he went on a little further on, he went a little further on, threw himself, face downwards on the ground, this is Jesus, and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. So that's Matthew 26, 39 from the Good News Translation. That's where we ended the previous segment. Now, Jesus was faced with urgency versus eternity. And in that situation, he trusted his father's logic or his father's will over his preference and logic. And this resulted in his eternal resurrection despite still experiencing the worst situation a human has ever experienced now all four of the gospels converge on this principle of personal biases subjection to divine determination which this here seeing that all four of the gospels matthew mark luke and john converge on this point that the for immortality, for a good resurrection, we have to put down our personal bias, sacrifice our personal bias for the divine will, for the divine determination 
of Yahweh. Since all four converge on this, this is an exclamation point for our faith. Now, without God or without Yahweh, our desires lead us to use resources incorrectly. Example, we will see religion as a source of our pleasure versus God's pleasure in us. And many see religion as a source of independent pleasure separate from God. Many end up just going through the, the rudiments of religion to please themselves versus looking objectively at how our discipleship, how our way of reaching, our, our way of, of, of engaging God pleases him or not. And there is a very tough story of in Genesis 4, I believe, of, uh, of Cain and Abel. And you can review how, uh, how that, uh, the whole our ability to be coachable to God, to put down our preferences and the ways we have done things and submit ourselves to the way God wants things to be done, how that affects our capacity to enjoy the creation of God. And we lead ourselves and others astray when we confuse our bias and preference with God's will. Now, this is a major doctrine of secular humanists that our human preferences do not need any overarching divine will or determination to produce good or to produce good. Uh, the secular humanists say that humans are good without God. Secular humanists affirm that we can trust our personal biases to produce good without any divine will impacting our lives. Excuse me. Secular humanists believe in an invisible hand. We know the principle of invisible hand from Adam Smith being a capitalist. Those who are capitalist inclined, market inclined, that humans through the market just demand that demand and supply will naturally produce the, the best the best allocation of resources in the society. So, but we as Christians we do believe also in an invisible hand. It just so just so happens to have nail prints in it. So the secular humanists believe in an invisible hand without nail prints. Christians believe in an invisible hand with nail prints. So Jesus shows us a human, and this is Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, according to our Christian conviction and persuasion. Jesus shows us a human who lived in subjection to Yahweh. He produced good by pleasing Yahweh. That is, he had moral excellence, consistent moral excellence. Even in this section here in Matthew 26, 39, where he comes to the brink of trying to make a choice based on his preference, he submits to the will of God. So, Jesus resurrected permanently because he consistently submitted his biases to God. Now, that is true worship. And I believe he says in John 4, our comment on now is when the true worshiper must worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. So true worship is subjecting, sacrificing our personal biases, our personal preferences, but sacrificing even our cultural practices, 
to Yahweh's will. And our self-worship is where we do the reverse. So true worship is where we subject and sacrifice our personal biases to Yahweh's will. And self-worship is where we subject the will of God to our personal bias and preferences. So, why rob God in this world of you and your family? And until next time, be nuclear. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn. Thank you for coming to the end of another Manliness Rally with us. If you need assistance in implementing and executing or following through on the proposals, on the suggestions, on the hints that we gave you today, we encourage you to visit us at famtfamily.com and to sign up for one of our Messianic programs. We also encourage you to join our Facebook family or at our Facebook handle, famtstrong. You can also email us at connect at famtfamily.com. I'm going to encourage you to have a great day today, crushing effeminacy. Why rob God in this world of you and your family? And until next time, be nuclear.